do you want a blowjob? Thirty bucks. We're gonna play the bunny game. I know in the Star Special podcast, I said I'll be posting this episode on the Wednesday, the sixth of May, two thousand and twenty. But I wasn't feeling myself to record and edit this episode, so I apologise for being a bit late. So, it's here now. Anyway, hello, bonjour. I'm saying bonjour because, um, according to statistics, most of my listeners are in France. So, hello from over the sea. If you ever had the urge to follow your Grand Theft Auto dreams and throw a prostitute in the back of a fan and take her out to the middle of nowhere to have your evil way of her... Well, with Adam Wehmeyer's 2012 indie horror film, The Bunny Game, is your answer for your sadistic needs. I recall researching this film at university, and my old landlord kind of walked in while I was watching the film, and if you've ever seen the film, the first five minutes is just a graphic shot of someone getting a blowjob. Horror cinema is constantly becoming more violent and bloody over time, as the boundaries of what is socially acceptable as the Western world shifts the genre and pushes on-screen gore further. Whilst in the eastern part of of the... the, the, the... Sorry about that. I mean, whilst in the eastern part of Europe, violence is more open and filled with gore, with films like G. Guruk, 1960, and Salo or Lee 120, Granite de Sodoma, which is 120 Days of Sodom, from 1975, exploiting violence for satisfaction of the film's antagonist, but followed a lecture of subliminal politicianal messages for an audience to indulge in. I am now going to assault your mind with subliminal messages. Torture films were introduced in the Western mainstream cinema with the 1980 Italian horror Cannibal Holocaust. Due to the mainstream audience offence to this film, the trend ended rather rapidly in the mainstream cinema, but embraced in the early 2000s with films like Hostel and Soul that kicked off the torture films in the western parts of the world and deemed as torture porn by David Elstein in his 2006 article now playing at your local multiplex torture porn. Elstein quoted in this article, open quote, Some of these movies are so viciously nihilistic that the only point seems to be to force you to suspend moral judgments altogether. End quote. But aren't these movies made with intent for sadistic entertainment throughout pornography of suffering? The sole definition of pornography is printed official material containing the exploited description or display of sexual organs or activity intended to stimulate sexual excitement. So can torture porn be used as a sexual stimulant? We interrupt our program to bring you this important message. Do you ever want to sit down and just talk to yourself and make it, like, legible to actually talk to yourself? Like what I'm doing now. Well, Anchor is your answer. Hey. Basically, Anchor is just a website and or app, depends whichever device you're using, a laptop or your mobile phone, an iPad, whatever. You can download the Anchor app and create your own podcast. It has everything you need, ranging from distribution, like on 
Spotify or Apple Music or Apple Podcasts. And also it has interludes and other many features that will help you boost and create your own podcast. So all you need to do is just go and download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M to get started. Well, I guess I should go back to my podcast now. We now return to your regular programming. So how useful is Erlstein's term torture porn? The Saw and Hostel franchises can be seen as lingering on mutilation, reducing victims into mere objects for our own gratification in an identical manner that pornographic films do. But with Adam Yemia's 2011 The Bunny Game, it's lingering more on sexual abuse which I personally argue is creeping slightly over the boundaries of hardcore BDSM pornography. Films like The Bunny Game could be used as a tool for sexual gratification in all honesty. My perfect... My personal beliefs on the subject of hardcore pornographic BDSM is perfectly okay, whatever floats your boat, as as long as all engaging parties are consenting adults that know exactly what they're signing up for, it's okay in my books to indulge in. We all have fetishes which should be explored with consenting individuals of legal age, but the bunny game compared to so... and hostile, it can be taken out of context and become problematic in a sense that viewers may see it's okay to go out and kidnap prostitutes and rape them. Well, it's not, so use your common sense when you watch stuff like this, boys and gals, and whatever you identify as, it is 2020 after all. Hello. I want to play a game. The devices on your heads are symbolic of the shackles that you place upon others. The Bunny game opens up with an intense suffocation scene where our protagonist, known as Bunny, played by Wadlene Jetsik. I'm sorry if I pronounced your name incorrectly, I always do pronounce names incorrectly, is attempting to breathe with a plastic bag covering her head. It quickly changes to graphic detail of Alicia being performed, and then we're introduced to Bunny's lifestyle with a mixture of deathcore music played in the background. For the first half of the film. She's painted as a victim from the first frame. The whole experience of watching this film was strange, entertaining and mildly disturbing. Even though the film has next to no dialogue, it attempts to show a narrative following the nightmare Bunny had to endure in shortly after we're introduced to antagonist known as Hog, played by Jeff F. Renfor. Most of the torture scenes are based on Jestic's own experience of abduction and she is willing to reenact knees in hopes as a warning to women which came with a backlash. The New York Times quoted, The horror few blog called it a pointless film that doesn't ask its viewers to directly feel or to empathise with its female protagonist, but merely scaffers your sense with as much visual and audrey unpleasantness as possible. End quote. During the second half of the film, we're introduced to the antagonist Hog, showcased as a crazy truck driver that invites Bunny on his truck to take drugs. Whilst complimenting her, she offers him a blowjob for $30, to his response was to render her, render her unconscious and drive her to an isolated area, and then he subjects her to a five days of degrading sexual assault, which he creates homemade videos of these humiliating acts to demonstrate dominance. 
Hawk placed back these videos to Bunny, along with recordings of previous female victims. After Hawk's sadomistic days with Bunny, he offers her to win a chance. Win a chance? Sorry. <laughs> Hawk offers her a chance to win the game. To draw straws, it's unclear if she wins or not, but the last scene of the film, we see Hogg carrying her limp body to an unmarked white fan, a playful contrast to the opening shot of asphyxiation. The bunny game can be viewed by some members of the audience with feelings of being unease and disturbance, which is one of the Remus intentions, but personally I believe others can seek inspiration in this film to achieve the sexual gratification Hawk has achieved with his victims. The BBFC agrees with the statement, that's why the film wasn't given a certificate and banned from the UK. Open quote. The principal focus of the bunny game was the unremitting sexual and physical abuse of helpless women, as well as the sadistic and sexual pleasures the man drives from this. The emphasis on the woman's nudity tends to eroticize what is shown, whilst aspects of the work, such as the lack of explanation during the offence, depict it, and the stylistic treatment may encourage some viewers to enjoy and share in the man's colonists and the pleasure he takes in the women, the women's pain and humiliation throughout the film. The British Board of Film Certificates in 2011 whilst attempted to give the film an actual certificate for UK release. <laughs> You get the long one. You win. You get the short one. And I win. Some may agree an audience can watch this film and feel like there is some sort of inspiration. Most individuals not do are more likely to feel the need to act upon these urges. But fortunately enough, there are websites out there such as FetLife where these individuals can sign up for free and become known as kinksters and use the site to explore their darkest sexual desires by posting their fantasies and finding like-minded individuals to engage with them. These websites can help with the urges felt from watching films like The Bunny Game, which can be problematic. Fortunately enough, it's mostly all talk and no game, but there are some who are willing to put themselves at risk for the sexual feel to feel alive. Personally, it's one thing to watch the torture and then feel some sort of sexual impulse about it, but it's another thing to put yourself into the risk of physical harm by engaging in slight knife play or suffocation to the point when they can risk their lives rather than, talking, rather than taking baby steps into these extreme sexual plays. This is where the problem of the film was made entertainment. It's been taken as some sort of sexual exploitation. Changing the genre from horror to extreme pornography to accordance with the viewer's own personal sadistic preference. It can be problematic, so please, if you watch any sort of films like that, try to keep off the urge of um, actually going out and stealing people. <laughs> the 
the bunny game does struggle, in my opinion, to to set itself clear that the portrayal of the acts in the offence of the film are supposed to violate the principle of safe, sane and consensual sex acts within the SM pornographic materials rather than a horror film. Humiliation pornography does exactly similar what the film does. Cast consensual actors to engage in these performances for entertainment purposes. Anyone can go online to video websites like Pornhub and search humiliation and the result will show, show a lot of slaves, sluts, public and kidnapped roleplay videos. But when compared to the bunny game, there is a slight difference. The bunny game heavily relies on the artistic editing format in hopes to def define it somewhat more of a standard horror film or torture film. Fair enough, there isn't any graphic sexual intercourse other than the blowjob at the beginning, but I've came across a few pornographic material that doesn't really need to show standard sex, just needs to have the torture shown to give the sexual satisfaction that is deprived in the fantasy. To back myself up with the argument, I believe that the bunny game is just a feature porn film. It seems to have no storyline, there's just a lot of sexual torture flashing on and off screen, and it ends with some sort of Christianity message which has no meaning, no description and no apparent effect on the film itself. Bunny gets hurt throughout the film, no raise and fall to her misadventure. And there's no reason to care about Bunny outside of the basic humanity she is, which in the movie suspense the first half trying to undermine by defining her as a piece of meat, a sexual object which the man known as Johns will use and abuse throughout the start of the film. No matter how transgressive the bunny game was it should have left us with more of a message some something to define the film better to make me and other audience feel some sort of empathy it does communicate something and leave the fewer feelings sorry for the bunny granted depending on who's watching the film you might feel sorry for her, whether if, the, if it's the filmmaker's intent or not. From what I saw on screen was still sexual and felt like I was just watching a porno. It felt as if the film was telling me to go lube up and to masturbate to these images. I felt like the, um, the film itself was just saying, hey, just pull one out and then go do something or even watch something a lot more interesting than this film. Jenny Bennett from Cine Access argues the length of the torture sections filling two-thirds of the film's runtime is comparable to some of the most intense of European SM pornographic video material. I am suggesting that the film is a very particular hybrid of drama and documentary. It is carefully constructed clash of expressionist and documentary conventions, making it a transgressive in more than its depicted acts of sadism because of the claims from Getzik and remit that a part of the alcohol and drug use, the torture scenes were non-similate, end quote. But as I've stated before, my interpretation of the film, I believe The Bunny Game is an SM pornographic film, disguising itself as a sadistic horror film, exploring torture for sexual gratification rather than exploiting it. Which brings me on to my final point of The Bunny Game, which I can feel may contradict my argument but every film made is open to an audience on personal interpretation. I strongly believe that every film is made as a piece of art in their own right and the art is made for the viewer to make their own mind up on the piece. Regardless of genre of all films are open for interpretations and is classed as art in some sort of sense.
mainstream torture porn. As potential victims, we fear serial killers, yet we also seek to identify with their power. End quote. David Ellenstein, 2006. Going back to Ellenstein with his article, now I'm coming to your local multiplex torture porn. I can't help to think what was going through his mind when he came up with the phrase torture porn. To give a new subgenre to films like Hostel and Saw, personally, unlike the bunny game, Hostel was mainly created for entertainment purposes. Don't get me wrong, the bunny game can be entertaining for some. Hostel seems to be following the status quo for a certificate for public cinematic release and home entertainment distribution. The following comes across as an easier film to watch than the bunny game, rather less sexual satisfaction and more stomach-turning scenes. But using Hostel as an example of for the range of films classified as torture porn, I believe they don't really belong under the torture porn subgenre. Elias Roth's 2005 Hostel follows recent graduates Paxton and Josh, whom are travelling across Europe with their Isonic friend Ollie in Amsterdam. After a mistake of getting into a fight, they're kicked out of a nightclub with the night still young, they visit prostitutes in a brothel, only to arrive back at the hostel after curfew. Whilst locked out of the encounter, Alexei, who invites them to stay at his place that night, he convinces them to visit a hostel in Sofliqa filled with these desperate, beautiful women known three young bachelors wouldn't be able to resist such temptation. Whilst in Sofliqa, Paxson and Josh encounter Natla and Sifila and engage in sexual acts whilst their friend Ollie goes off with a desk lady. After the night stand, after the one night stand, Paxton and Josh aren't able to find Ollie. This is where the lads' holiday take a gruesome turn. In two thousand five, Jeremiah Kip stated, "What's more interesting is that no matter how much you dislike Paxton and Josh at first glance, one is bound to empathise with them as Hostel draws on. It takes a turn towards the unapologetic violent." End quote. It seems to me it was intent from Roth for us to find his main characters Paxton and Josh to come across rather obnoxious, xenophobic and all-round tricks for the audience to make their own judgement if they rather chair on the sadists to murder him at the beginning of the film. Roth quickly turns this around by letting the viewers sit through Paxton and Josh's unbearable pain. As an audience, we soon realise we rather empathise with the characters well near living a nightmare, a boring situation. We start hoping for their escape. That's what I believe is true beauty of the mainstream torture porn films. We follow the protagonist like any other film. We feel some sort of questionable feelings throughout with the character development placed by the screenwriters rather than liking or loathing the characters. But soon we begin to realise it's our moral conscious that it's incorrect for these characters like Paxton and Josh to be tortured. Even if the torturing seems satisfactory, we still have that voice in our head to keep us in line with our political correctness. Comparing Roth's storyline to Remen's storytelling with the bunny game, from the moment we learn the lifestyle of Bunny, we aren't shown much development of her character. 
we don't get a chance to care for her as we know nothing about her so any feelings of humanization won't have the chance to develop we are shown to believe that she's an object of sexual acts selling herself for drugs and money she's willingly putting herself in these situations i would say she's done this to herself i don't know about anyone else but i don't feel pity for her maybe that's why i feel as if the bunny game is more pornographic material with some more amazing cinematography than usual porn but that can be problematic because the fact like as I, I i sympathize on anyone who gets that sort of treatment in the bunny game because it's a person i have some sort of development towards that person but as a character in a film that fil- that person isn't really much of a person anymore if you get what i mean Hostel, along with Saw, managed to revitalize the torture porn genre and spawn a franchise. Unlike the Saw franchise, Hostel has died down after it started to get ridiculous, made f- just for the mindless exploit of torture to feed our morbid curiosity. That's just so purpose of why torture porn is made, to allow the audience to question our own moral justice, and pornography doesn't make us question what is morally right. It just features our guilty pleasures and fantasies. Sexual fantasies that seem impossible because we can't find the like-minded individuals to engage with if you're not unfortunate. As humans, we evolved from our basic instincts to kill for food and pleasure due to society's rules of what's morally and particularly correct and incorrect. We strive for the unknown and strive to feel something rather than sitting around paying taxes. Hostel allows us to feel something. Maybe it's rooting for the German surgeon to fail his morbid urge. Oh, it's rooting for the two obnoxious Americans to get out alive. Mainstream torture porn has died down with the paranormal films taking its place in the cinemas. But that doesn't stop the underground filmmakers such as Adam Riamia and Lucifer Valentine creating films that feed our statistic needs and question our, mona- our mortality. Your health and hereditary background put you in the highest category of success. However, the same cannot be said for your adversary. What? While only 52 years of age, this man has continued to smoke even though he has a history of high blood pressure and heart disease. This demonstrates very little appreciation for the blessings of his own life. I've attempted to compare the bunny game to general pornographic BDSM material and compare it to mainstream cinematic horrors labelled as torture porn. In conclusion, I personally believe that the term torture porn is not useful to describe such films. I believe it is a pointless term which can add some sort of confusion. Some may argue that the term porn is subjective to what you can use it for, such as food porn like the MS advert. You know, the one you see on TV, you're thinking, oh, yeah. That actually drives your attention and makes you feel some sort of pleasure towards it. My mouth was just watering at a minute. Not MSN. MSN? You can't remember MSN back in the day. <laughs> Sorry, that M and M and S advert, which makes you want to sink your teeth into a chocolate dessert and can be used as a ter- as a term to tell others it's something that is pleasant to look at. And yes, I see where they're coming from, but the MS the M and S advert doesn't give me sexual desires, but it does describe films that are supposed to make the audience question their own morals, whether the characters in the film deserve to endure the pain or not so the term torture porn is not even correct because do you like well not even correct i don't agree with the term torture porn would you just sit there and think oh it's a torture porn yay you just watch and receive any sexual gratification from it if you do then hey whatever floats your boat mate 
Watching the protagonist being physically and emotionally tortured isn't supposed to be pleasant. If the film develops the characters in an appropriate manner, such as Hostel and so, then it's not a pleasant thing to look at, unlike the bunny game. Even though I do admit I'm a bit of a sadistic and I do enjoy these type of films, as it psychologically it makes me feel a bit guilty for having these sadistic thoughts it makes me feel appreciative of life and i enjoy watching serial killers having their own way of their victims as as much as the next guy but to call it a pleasant viewing isn't what horror films are intended for the screen is directly of the mind therefore the television screen is part of the physical structure of the brain therefore Whatever appears on the television screen emerges as more experience for those who watch it. Therefore, the television is reality, and reality is less than television. I personally believe that they're made to fulfil our morbid curiosity in an entertaining and gruesome manner to keep us sane from a society that is hideously censored to stop offending others. Horror and torture films are just harmless outlet for our fantasies and frustrations. Thank you for listening to another episode of Ramblings with Jay Finlayson. I appreciate you having me as background noise. Well, you know, let's play a game. You can join in this conversation or game by sending me a voice message at anchor.fm forward slash Jay Finlayson. I have put a, some sort of quotation from a film from similar origins of, to the podcast. If you caught them out, please send me a voice message with which film you think it's from. And the winner will get some sort of cookie or something. Well, I don't know. Not a cookie. I'm not promising any prize, but it's just enjoyment of playing a game, isn't it? My next episode will be about James Franco's 2017 film, The Disaster Artist, and Rick Harper's documentary film, A Room Full of Spoons. So that must be a hint that I'll be talking about Tommy Renzo's 2003 film, The Room. Get your spoons ready to forward your listening devices. You can also support me via Patreon by going to patreon.com forward slash jfinlison. That's patreon.com forward slash j-a-y-f-i-n-l-a-y-s-o-n. And before I leave you, why should you never shower with a Pokemon? Because they peek at you. <laughs> hey, I'm a bad person. <laughs>